WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to The Sci-Files, an Impact 89 FM series focusing on student research here at Michigan State University. We're your co-hosts Chelsea Boudou and Daniel Puentes. Did you know that there are 100 trillion bacteria that live inside your gut and they can make up and influence your bone health too? Today we're joined by Nick Chargo to tell us more about his research on the gut and bone health. Hi Nick, thanks for joining us today. May you please introduce yourself and your research? Hi, my name is Nick Chargo. I'm a fourth year PhD student here at MSU. My research focuses on how to modulate the gut microbiome or the different bacteria that live inside your gut and how that affects your bone health. So essentially, we want to know if you can change the different makeup of the bacteria that are in your gut and how that will influence the health and strength of your bones. I never knew that there was a relationship between the gut microbiome and your bone health. In your research, are you looking at any particular diseases that are impacted by this relationship? Our lab focuses on osteoporosis, which is basically a disease where you get brittle bones that, are less, that aren't as strong as normal, and this can lead to high incidence of fractures, and it ends up costing a ton of money. I think there's the last statistic I saw was something like it costs $19 billion in the U.S. every year due to osteoporosis-related fractures and care. I'm familiar with osteoporosis because whenever you go to the doctor, especially for a women's health doctor, they're always telling us to take specific supplements that are good for our bones because I've heard that women are more prone to osteoporosis. Is there a correlation with this and with the gut health as well? Yes, there actually is. So our lab has shown in a mouse model, of course, and there's also been human studies that have been done, but our lab specifically has shown that in mouse models of estrogen deficient osteoporosis, so we look more at the later stage where women would be going into menopause, we see that there are drastic shifts in the gut microbiome, and we've correlated this with bone health through different mechanisms. So then let's talk a little bit about that. What mechanisms are you using to study this correlation between the bone health and your gut? Really important to this link between your gut and bone health is actually the permeability of your gut. So we know that there are different factors that are in your gut that end up becoming systemic through absorption, being absorbed through your enterocytes and different things like that. So we look at how tight the barrier is between your gut and your body because technically the gut is outside of your body. And we want to look at mechanisms that increase the tight, quote unquote, tightness of your gut. So we look at the gut barrier junction is what we call it. And we want that to be as tight as possible. And that correlates with good bone health. Whereas if we get a poor gut barrier function, that is correlated with poor bone health. Oh, yeah, I need some clarification. Did you just say that my gut is outside of my body? Yes, I did. And that is, that's something that not a lot of people know. So technically, while your gut inside of your body cavity, and we think of it as inside of our body, because it is continuous with your mouth and all the way through to your anus, you have that mucosal surface that is inside the lumen of your gut is technically considered outside of your body because it has direct interaction with the outside world. Okay, that makes a lot more sense when you put it that way. When it comes to the mice that you're working with, what kinds of assumptions are you making with your mouse model? Considering how we talk about how the gut is outside, one big difference that comes to mind for me anyways is how mice have hair, but we're not nearly as hairy when it comes to people. 
so I'm not really sure how to answer the question about the hair because you're right, that is really different and also plays a big, what I would think would potentially play a big role. But the mouse model that we're currently using, we're actually looking at glucocorticoids and how this can lead to osteoporosis. So just a quick fact, the glucocorticoid-induced osteoporosis is the second leading cause of osteoporosis behind estrogen-deficient osteoporosis, or menopause, essentially. And our lab has shown these glucocorticoids can modulate the gut microbiome. So it changes the composition of the bacteria that are in your gut. So the mouse model we use, we have two different ones, essentially, to study this disease process. One of the models we use is an oral model of delivery for glucocorticoids. So essentially what we do is put glucocorticoids in the mouse's drinking water and it allows them to have free access to this glucocorticoid and it more better simulates the human consumption route. On the other hand, our second model we have is via a subcutaneous pellet where we basically implant this little glucocorticoid pellet under the mouse's skin and it allows it to slow release our glucocorticoid over a 60-day period. And after those 60 days, we harvest different tissues and we look at bone health from it. Both of these models, we use genetically inbred mice, so we're controlling for the genetics, and we're basically just looking at different ways we can modulate the gut microbiome on top of these glucocorticoids in order to try and prevent bone loss. I like that you have two different methods of delivery. For example, you have the water that these mice are drinking, or you can have it like a slow release system, like you said. However, I know some people don't like to have implants of stuff and that they prefer just take a pill or consume it. Speaking of people now, are there any people that actually take glucocorticoids, for example, bone health or for their gut health? So glucocorticoids are not really given for bone health as long-term glucocorticoids actually have been shown to kind of be really bad for your bones, essentially in causing osteoporosis. That's one of the big feared side effects and one of the dose-limiting things. Normally, people are on glucocorticoids because they're excellent anti-inflammatory drugs. So anytime you hear of somebody who has like rheumatoid arthritis or asthma or a disease called COPD, which are essentially these chronic inflammatory diseases, a lot of these people will be on lifelong steroids or glucocorticoids. I'll just call them steroids now because that makes it easier to say. They'll be on these drugs for the rest of their life, whether at a low dose or high dose, depending on the need for their disease process. One interesting disease where steroids are commonly used is an inflammatory bowel disease or Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis. So these diseases are basically where you have a ton of inflammation in the lining of your gut and in the wall of your gut. So people very commonly take steroids. And like you said, most people tend to take the pills of it or pill form of it. And we've actually shown that there are interaction in the gut where you get shifts in your microbiome or bacteria in your gut from these glucocorticoids. I know a lot of people that unfortunately suffer from some of these diseases that you had mentioned there and how it can impact their quality of life whenever they're just going out, for example, at a restaurant. Speaking of food, tying it back to the mice, what kind of diets are these mice on? Are they typically being fed a high-fat diet or are you modulating the diet themselves? So that's a really interesting question. For some of our models, we use strictly just a regular mouse diet, nothing's high-fat or low-fat or anything like that. But we have recently been looking at putting different, it's called a prebiotic. So it essentially feeds these good bacteria that are in your gut. We have been recently looking into a model where we incorporate a prebiotic into the mouse's diet. And we're looking at how that will impact bone health in this model of glucocorticoid-induced osteoporosis. I've actually heard of these prebiotic and probiotics before. Can you explain a little bit more the difference between them and why they would be beneficial? 
Yeah, I'll start with the probiotics. So probiotics are essentially good bacteria that are in your gut. So you can get these a number of different ways. One of the most common is by through eating yogurt. They're really commonly found in different fermented and pickled foods. So again, your yogurt and like pickled vegetables, things like that. You can also get commercially available probiotic preparations like over-the-counter stuff. Like I know there's probiotic drinks that you can get or capsules and stuff like that. But prebiotics, on the other hand, they're different things that feed these good probiotic bacteria. So you can give a probiotic and then take a prebiotic and it will actually feed those probiotics. So it'll make the good bacteria more abundant and better. Personally, I take pre and probiotics myself, and I know it helps me out whenever I'm eating foods, especially foods that my stomach is a little sensitive to. For your mice models, is there an upper limit on the amount of pre or probiotics that you can take and impact your health? So obviously with everything, there you can take things to an extreme and you can take way too much of something and it'll probably not be the best for you positive side of things with pre and probiotics are basically the worst side effects you're going to get from taking excessive amounts of these are a little bit of upset stomach diarrhea type things. So we fed one of our mouse models a high concentration prebiotic. And during the whole study, their cages were pretty nasty and had, they had a lot of diarrhea going on. But other than that, like the side effect profile of pre and probiotics are essentially non-existent other than the fact that it may cause you a little bit of stomach upset, which makes it an awesome avenue to look into in the future. As far as this, these aren't pharmacologic things, so they're not going to be causing other like systemic side effects. Most people can pretty much handle a little bit of diarrhea here and there if, if it means that they will be more healthy in general. Well, I feel bad for whoever has to clean those cages. Now you have two different things that you can control over here, your prebiotic probiotics, but also those glucocorticoids. Do you also administer the glucocorticoids with the prebiotic probiotics, or are you trying to see if the prebiotic probiotics are good enough or even comparable to the glucocorticoids? So in this model, we have controls and we have treated groups. So in our control groups, we don't give the glucocorticoid, but we also give the pre and probiotics. In those groups, we are looking to see if there is just a beneficial effect without any negative conditions like in the glucocorticoids, for example. On the other hand, in our glucocorticoid-treated mice, so we give them glucocorticoids either in the water or in the pellet, and then we also feed them pre and probiotics on top of that. And what we're looking for is, and what we've shown in the past, is that when you give pre or probiotics on top of the glucocorticoid, it actually prevents bone loss that you see in just the glucocorticoid-treated mice. That sounds like a really promising finding. Hopefully that's something that's taken to the next level for humans. For a little bit of clarification, what are the side effects of the glucocorticoids on the mice? Yeah, there are actually a lot of systemic side effects that can occur with glucocorticoid intake, but the biggest one that we're looking for is bone loss. That is one of the feared side effects of long-term glucocorticoid use is this osteoporosis that develops due to glucocorticoid-induced bone cell death. In the mice that are being administered the glucocorticoids as well as the prebiotic probiotics, do you see a difference in the permeability of their gut versus the mice that are only being administered the glucocorticoids? Yes, we do actually. And this is what we think the mechanism behind what's driving this glucocorticoid-induced bone loss. So when we only the glucocorticoid, we see that the gut permeability, we have a couple different measures that we use. 
One of them is through looking at serum endotoxin levels, which are essentially a product that are made by gram-negative bacteria in your gut and that essentially become systemic and we can collect the mouse's blood and look at the amount of endotoxin that is present. Another way to look at the permeability of the gut that our lab uses is by giving the mouse this sugar that has this fluorescent label on it. And we can measure, we can, after we give it to the mouse, we can three or four hours and then we can draw their blood and we can actually measure how much of that fluorescently labeled sugar is in the mouse's blood. And that gives us another measure of our gut permeability. So, like I said, when we just give the glucocorticoid, the gut permeability is increased and that's correlated with poor bone health or osteoporosis. When we give our pre or probiotics, we actually see a reversal of that gut permeability. So the gut permeability becomes decreased, i.e. we have a more tight gut and we get less of those bacterial products or that fluorescently labeled sugar in the blood. And that's how we measure the gut permeability. Naturally, I would imagine that blood is probably one of the best ways that you can collect your data in order to understand what the impact of having these pro and prebiotics is on the bone health as those glucocorticoids are being administered. In different primary care physicians' offices, normally what they would also take are usually stool and urine samples. Does your lab look at the stool samples of your mice as well to try and make any sort of correlations? Yes. So with our mice, I actually just got data back on this and our stool samples out to another lab here on campus. And they'll actually do this special analysis where they look at, they essentially do bacterial sequencing of the stool samples and they'll give us back all of the specific bacteria or different kinds and families and phyla and all that good stuff. All the different kinds of bacteria that come back and we can analyze based on group which shifts are happening in the gut microbiota composition. So, and we can try and make correlations between which types of bacteria can be associated with good gut health or which types can be associated with poor gut health, and then essentially roll that in with bone health as well. We also can look at which types of different metabolic products are found in your stool sample. So we can look at different bile acids and things like that that come back, and we can also try and correlate those with bone health. Unfortunately, when you go to the doctor, though, usually they're not checking for that kind of stuff. It would be really cool if they did, because in my mind, that would kind of get on top of and prevent a lot of these chronic diseases that we're seeing. But unfortunately, usually they're only looking for pathogenic things in your stool and urine samples. I think it would be really cool if we could change the way that we're doing diagnosis, especially in primary care physician offices. Now, for everyone listening, they can tell that your research is very medicine focused. You're actually a DO PhD student. What made you want to pursue both of those degrees and what is that experience like? So for as long as I can remember, this is going to be the typical, I want to be a doctor story, but as long as I can remember, I've always wanted to help people. And I thought that the, mo the most direct way to do that was by becoming a physician. Started out, I wanted to be a cardiologist and do the heart, do stuff with the heart because of some health conditions that my grandfather had had. Then fast forward to my senior year in high school, I broke my knee playing football and I actually started shadowing my orthopedic surgeon at that time. And I was like, wow, I really like this. This is really cool. And I can still help people. So my career, future career path kind of shifted into, okay, I want to be an orthopedic surgeon now and work with athletes and do all that kind of stuff. Then get into college, I start doing research as an undergraduate and I was like, wow, I really like this. I, you're actually able to kind of come up with new things and add to the literature and add to the knowledge base. 
And then I found out about the DO PhD program where you kind of get the best of both worlds. You, on one side, you are a physician, you get to practice and see patients. On the other side of it, you are a PhD researcher and you can direct set up your research so that you're impacting the health conditions that you see in the clinic most of the time. So my goal really is to use my knowledge that I gain in my PhD in order to try and prevent and treat these horrible diseases, especially of your bone, that really impact a ton of people throughout the country. Well, Nick, it's really important that we have smart people like you pursuing degrees like this, not only just from the medical perspective, but also the research perspective, because just like you, I'm a full-on believer having this full encompassed knowledge of not just what's important in the medical field, but how to think critically from that PhD standpoint really impacts the level of practice that you're able to deliver to your future patients. Thank you so much, Nick, for joining us today to talk to us about your work on how we can combat osteoporosis and good luck with the rest of your program. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. To hear more about us and learn more about our episodes, check out scifiles.org. If you're a current MSU student that would like to be interviewed, please reach out to us at scifiles at impact89fm.org. We'll catch you next week on the Sci Files, and remember, the truth is in the science. 